Welcome to episode two of the Workplace Chameleon. My name is Selena Pierman, and it's a pleasure and an honor to have you listening in with us. Recently, I was asked, what kind of podcast will this be? And if you hang around me very long, you'll likely discover very rarely are two things that I do the same every time. I like variety. I like changing it up. I like learning new things and exploring new techniques. So while podcasts tend to have a pattern to them, some sort of predictability for all of you that have taken your precious time to listen in, this is also much like my work in companies. It evolves. We're a small team, so likely this podcast won't have a lot of the high production values that maybe other podcasts have that you listen to. But what we will look at each time is a different topic, sometimes with a guest co-host, examining organizations and how we continue to work better together. So like my own professional history, offering keynotes and training and coaching, podcasting, and any content that I'm researching and that I'm thinking about and that I'm sharing ideas about evolves just like organizations do. While there are some universal patterns to organizations, it's really Uh, about what happens when you put people together to work towards goals. For me, it's been about going across industries because people are still people are still people. I've really considered myself someone probably a little too obsessed with other, with just different types of companies. Some people may read certain pages of the uh, newspaper or read certain Uh, feeds on their uh, social media because they like certain topics. And I kind of read companies. I look at structures and histories and cultures and all the ways that people make them truly unique. Because remember, you can't replicate one company to another. That's the amazing part. No two companies will have like pathways. People are different Events are different and therefore organizations evolve. It's what I've done full time for the last 12 years, typically seeing in a non COVID year about 6,000 people on average in a year, Uh, usually about 250 groups from C suite to production floors to job sites to training centers to offices. Out of the work, especially these last years, one of the most requested topics, even before we experienced the 2020, uh, the year of all, all, all new hard, hard things, before 2020, the most commonly request topic for how do we adapt was adjusting to change, relentless change. The kind of change at work is what I want to focus on for today. The kind of change at work that feels like, you know what? I have a plan today, but it just changed five times in 20 minutes as soon as I walked in the door. A couple of years back, I was sitting with some hospital social workers, and one of the social workers asked this. She said, Selena, 
do you know the saying, waiting for the other shoe to drop? I said, yeah, I've heard it. Where, you know, that it's that anticipation of or dread sometimes of, oh, what's going to happen next? I said, yeah, why do you ask? And she looked at me and said, I think we're on our seventh shoe this month. How many of you are feeling like a seventh shoe this month? Or maybe your number is much higher. That feeling, right? That really, can we take one more change on right now? Now that was before 2020. And so what have we learned? We learn that we can adjust. We can learn about change. We know it's hard. If we think about change from the research and what some of the data and the developers of of some of the biggest ideas about change teach us, that change is an altered state, right? Something is different than it was before. Change management is a process, not an event. The event is that that, that, that change itself effectively adjusting to that change as a process, a series of steps we take in anticipation of getting through and learning something new after. Change often we treat as that event, but it really is a process. There's a pre, there's an at, and there's an after. Author and researcher Kurt Lewin would describe it as unfreezing, change, and refreezing that we have to be ready to change, right? There's some change readiness that exists and that's our unfreezing stage according to Lewin. And then actually making the adjustment we need to that it is different than it was before. But then the refreezing or the way we anchor the change so we make it part of what, and probably the way overly used phrase, part of the new normal. Other researchers, many indeed, explore this too. John Cotter, in his work, including uh, the book called Leading Change, would describe it as an eight-step process to really ensure that change implementation is not seen as an event, but a multiple-stage process that takes us from creating a case for change through communicating it and then adjusting to new behaviors and making it stick. Adjusting to change, even when well-planned, still takes, uh, well, adjustment, right? I'm required to do something than I've done before. Maybe consider for this few minutes with me here today how you see change in your own life, in your own work. How change-ready are you? Maybe in that pre-stage How do you adjust to change when it happens, that second stage? And then that last part of the process, depending what research you look at, they tend to break down into those steps in three distinct categories. And that third one is then how do we make it stick? Well, what we know about change is first you got to want to, right? You have to want to. If I don't and I don't have a choice then certainly a range of responses can happen. Kubler and Ross are well-known longtime researchers, especially in the areas of grief and change. And they popularized a model with their research a, a number of years ago about the five stages of grief. 
and uh, included in the model of the same name. And they brought to us some understanding about the process that we go through in order to navigate uh, either known or unknown change. And while they focus specifically on grief, I want to share with you a few reflections about that today as we consider what is it during this time as we anticipate that next change coming or we experience that change coming? What what does that process look like for us? And there's so many layers to this. And I think you'll see over these next coming weeks and different episodes, we're going to explore different aspects. But here's what I want you to consider for today. Using that Kubler and Ross model uh, modified, I want you to think about daily change. Now, I get life is full of big stuff. Life is full of big, hard really difficult change that we have to navigate, whether it's loss that you've had in your life, whether they're personal challenges, whether they're professional challenges. Those are not the topics I'm taking on today, okay? I want to talk about other stuff. I want to talk about the fact that you can go through these stages of grief three times in 20 minutes when you open up your email in the morning. Right now, in the adaption adaptation of Kubler and Ross, first we see some sort of shock and denial. You open up email number one, shock. What? Who thought this harebrained idea up? Right? Shock and denial. No, 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 no. This is not going to work. Uh. Uh-uh. No one talked to me about it. Shock denial. And then if we don't get stuck in shock and denial, we probably hit some sort of emotion. Many times that can be anger, but not always. But we hit some sort of emotional response to the change that was just applied to us. What? Who thought this up? And then that emotion bubbles up. Now, once we've worked through that, if we work through that, we likely hit some sort of stage of reflection or bargaining. This is our negotiation phase of the change process. So now we go, well, fine. If they're going to expect me to do this, I am not working one minute past five o'clock or I'm not doing something extra, right? We've all been there. Some sort of change has been applied to us. We're having a tough time with it. And this is when I see in companies and teams and have had many people describe for me, they change right there, their agreement with their boss or their company or their client, and don't even tell them. Because in that bargaining stage during adjustment to change and working through what was just the emotion of that, sometimes we get a little resistant and we just don't want to that we start putting up some barriers or we start saying, well, fine, if you want this, then I'm doing that. Those are often portrayed as a slope down. Think about a U going down the left-hand side and wrapping around the bottom. That we haven't quite come back up to the next stages of what comes next. 
upward turn is often described as that next step up. We start coming around that curve to the, uh, you know what? What do we need to do? I love that it starts often with some sort of sigh or release or sense of exasperation or even hopefulness that we've now come through those stages of shock, denial, some sort of emotion, some sort of bargaining to an upward turn. Huh. All right. What do we need to do? It's when we make that curve and it's really a mental mind shift that we can now move on to some sort of progress and acceptance, being able to move ahead, seeing the new, embracing the new, and moving ahead. Here's what I said, though. Three times 20 minutes. That was just the first email, (laughs) right? And then you open up the second email. What? Who came up with this idea? And if you have multiple changes going on, we know that you're at different stages at the same time. You might be okay with this change, but not okay with that change. And if you have eight people on your team, you might have a couple at shock and denial, a few at bargaining, a couple at upward turn, and a few that have moved on past acceptance and wondering why it is taking everyone so long to get going. From my experience, though, in organizations, something else often happens. Leaders, even well-meaning, thoughtful leaders, work on an upcoming change, maybe for hours and days or weeks before they roll it out. And they've had time. They've had time to process it. They've had time to move from shock to acceptance. Yet when they roll it out, They expect everyone else to immediately move to acceptance. Sometimes even while they're still making the announcement, they just expect other people get to where they're at quickly. So what do we know? We know that organizational change will remain relentless. And if we don't, either as organizations or as humans, If we don't change, we're done. So we need to understand that that process happens, right? The event happens, but it's the pre, the at, and the after that often defines our professional presence in the moment or the way we navigate relationships with coworkers or customers, how we adapt in teams to many, many different types of changes happening simultaneously. And just really acknowledging where we're at. I think it's really important to acknowledge that people can adjust to change, but they do it in different ways at different times. And if we really want to be that good coworker, if we really want to be that professional that you want to be known by, we honor that. A lot of times if I'm sitting one-on-one with someone and they say, it ticked me off, it just made me mad. I'm like, good, own it, right? Own it, it made you mad. You were disappointed, you were frustrated because I think it's unrealistic in any type of organization not to have those ups and downs, not to have those hurts or disappointments. 
So what are some of those things we need to think about? What can we do, right? Number one, recognize it as that process. An event happens, you probably had some pre, maybe that's your own change readiness work, even if you didn't know that change was coming. How do you prepare yourself for change? And we'll take that on in some upcoming episodes. We've learned some things even from 2020, and that was often up, down, back, forth. Some days were good, some days just weren't. There's been a uh, statement said for many years uh, within different cultures expressed different ways, but in general, it sounds something like this. Three steps forward, two steps back. Three steps forward, four steps back, right? What we want to be able to do is make progress over time. It's a process. We're not going to be there in one big swoop. And maybe for today, you're recognizing that piece of it, that maybe you're stuck at angry. Maybe you're stuck at bargaining. Maybe you're stuck at denial. And it's only one part of the process. Number two, own it. I feel frustrated. I am excited. Whatever it is that you're feeling, own it. At work, I do. I think it's unrealistic for us not to be frustrated at some point, but to honor those moments and to call it or to recognize that in our coworkers, in the people we spend this time with in our professional endeavors. Number three for today, make that choice. Only you can do the work to move to the next stage. You can get stuck, right? You have known people at work who get angry with something and stay angry for like 15 years. And remember, I noted in this podcast, even though I'm dealing with the work life, oh, there's lots of this that applies over to our personal lives as well, right? We have all known someone who's gotten stuck and stayed angry, but they may have stayed employed working on your team for years and decades to come. You choose. You choose to stay where you are during times of relentless change, or you find ways to move ahead. And some days that just may be a mental move that it's not going to take you today. Sometimes we go through those stages of change quickly an issue or change that has little concern or that you're more welcoming of. And sometimes we go slowly. In organizations, when change seems to be nonstop, when we feel like we are waiting for that next shoe to drop, how we steady ourselves and how we prepare ourselves for what comes next becomes really important because we know it will when we know our resources, when we know the people we can connect with, when we don't leave things to surprise, that we understand what we've got access to and we know that we're not navigating it alone. I love reminding us that even during times of change, relentless change, seven shoe types of months at work, there's always things that have not changed. 
your commitment to customers, maybe your commitment to safety, maybe your commitment to quality, to service, whatever it is that you do, we don't do it alone. But we also know that while things may have changed, there will always be some things, even during times of lots of change, that won't shift. They're your core values. They're how you show up. They're how you want to be known by. And in fact, in our next episode, we're going to hear from Coach Heather Woody, one of my favorite people on this planet. We do similar work with people and organizations, but you will love her energy, her insight, and her advice about showing up even when things are hard. So please watch for that episode on January 11th, and we'll share more then. Some of my work has been around researching our approach and our response to the hurts and the hard stuff during times of change at work. I'm especially interested in how we get through those hurts if we stay or if we leave. So if you have stories or ideas that you'd like to reach out to us here at the Workplace Chameleon, sharing your ideas, giving us feedback or things that you would love to hear from us that we can help support you on, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on our website at www.workplacechameleon.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find our main address, either the Pierman Group or drselinapierman.com. We would love to hear from you and we look forward to future conversations. Take care, be well.